0: Okay, welcome to the Gillet and Brims podcast. This is episode number 31 and uh, I'm Nat Gillett and I've got Andrew Brims here again. Hello. Now, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, or was it maybe more than a couple of weeks ago, we um, did a session on doubt Yes, and we asked people for some questions, and we've had uh, some questions. So we're going to try and tackle at least one of them today. Yeah. Uh, I may run over into the next episode. Uh, the person wants to remain anonymous, so that's fine, uh, but let me just read you um, what their email said. Aside from my intellectual struggles, my emotional disconnection from faith entirely was when one of my best friends committed suicide. It was unexpected, unexplained in many ways, and shocked everyone. I wish I knew he was in pain so I could have potentially intervened and stopped this from happening. Just how can we explain situations like this? It's the classic and difficult situation of dealing with pain. The world isn't perfect, but I just wish something or someone would have prompted me to take action. I never stopped thinking about him and his death. Has led me into more charity work to help others. Perhaps this isn't a question, but it has been a barrier to faith. Okay, so question of suffering. There? Yeah. I mean, goodness me, what a really difficult and sad and horrible situation, um, to, to walk through really in terms of some one of your friends um committing suicide really hard to get your head around. How do we answer that question? I mean the guy the person sort of maybe this isn't a question, maybe there isn't an answer, but oh, it's worth having a chat about it, isn't it? What would we saying? Yeah. I
1: think I'd wanna split it into two. Um so because of the nature of podcasting and this thing, what what we're actually going to do today is talk about some of the theory, talk about sure. um, the theology of things, and that's helpful. This should be helpful. If I was speaking to this guy, um, I would take quite a different tack, mm. um, so I think maybe just be worth uh, highlighting that right from the Mm. get-go is quite often when this question comes up of suffering or something awful's happened how do we respond to that mate Uh, you're, you're actually sat in
0: front of the person saying this has happened yeah well the thing i always say is you show up and you shut up show up and shut up so what i mean is you arrange to meet them and you actually turn up and then you don't really say anything you just ask them some questions and let them talk yeah maybe bring food maybe bring food yeah yeah buy them buy them a
1: drink if you're in a coffee shop yeah Um, we weep with those who weep uh, we sit next to people mm. in their pain we put an arm around their shoulder Mm. and we're there for them yeah and uh, yeah so uh, a very practical pastoral level how do we respond to the question of suffering uh we don't really with intellectual mm. answers with theologizing uh, we sit with that person and we 're there with them in their pain uh, maybe it 's appropriate to pray, maybe it isn't it's, um, it's it's uh you know one of the first books uh, possibly that was written um of the scriptures is job mm. kind of dealing with this exact question, mm. and it's quite interesting how it 's set up because You have the initial kind of spiritual backdrop, what actually happened, Mm. which almost raises as many questions Mm. as it gives answers. And then his friends pitch up. So they do the first part, right? They show up, uh, but they don't shut up. (laughs) And we have chapter after chapter of theory as to why their friend might be suffering. Yeah. And it's tedious to read. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> boring. It's boring. Isn't it's, boring.
1: it's unhelpful. And it's like the medium is the message. It's like don't you don't know why Job's suffering? You don't know the story here. Mm. You shouldn't be droning on and on and on about this actual situation. Um, there's there's no healing in that, mm. and and the question isn't answered. So. Pastorally and practically, you, we, we get alongside people and put an arm around mm. the shoulder. And I know that in, in my suffering, that's been everything to me, you know, to have mm. friends at my side showing up and not offering opinions, but just being there. It mm. has been
0: absolute life to me. Yeah, just letting people know that they could say anything. Actually, you know, because I think sometimes as Christians, some people can feel like they've got to say certain things because we're Christians, or they can't say certain things. Yeah. Cause, you know, but I just encourage people. You know, if you need to swear, you swear. If you need to say, if you need to question God, you question God. Like you just say whatever you need to say. Yeah, the so, Psalms uh, it? edit it. Yeah, just let it out. Yeah. Okay, so pastorally, this podcast yeah. is not the answer. Yeah, but in terms of any theory for someone who. Not necessarily this person that's written in, but there might be some people listening who just can't get their head... They've not really suffered. They've not experienced a lot of other people who suffer. but they just can't get their head around how yeah. God could allow suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's a good, loving God, able to do anything. Yeah. How do we sort of... Can we put a framework there that might help them? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think the scriptures do give some answers as to why we suffer. Um, I think, like I said, um, various books touch on a spiritual background... Um, so there is evil at mm. work in the world. That that happens. A subject that we'll talk about on the podcast at some point. Sin. Um, we we do fall short mm. of who, even by our own standards, let alone you know the standards of a holy God. Mm. We ha- we have brought sin and corruption into the world. There is this sense in which the the whole cosmos is broken. That that is is part of. Why we
0: suffer? Um, help me out, mate. Lot of some well, other things. Well, I, well, possibly lots. I mean, well, but I think one thing I'd like to say, I don't know if you might not, you might disagree with me. Okay, here, actually. I'm not sure God can do anything He wants. Wow. I mean, I know some people are going to be upset about me yeah. saying that, and you're probably surprised, but I think there is this sort of idea that God can do anything. I'm just not sure necessarily that God can just do can intervene whenever he wants to do anything at all i don't know like i'm not sure necessarily we should just assume he can because mm-hmm. i think in the bible i see both okay so i think rather than sort of looking at a suffering situation saying why didn't god stop that yeah i mean it's fine to ask that question but and not necessarily he might not have been able to yeah you know i'm not sure he always overrides people's wills does he like he lets yeah. evil people do evil things yeah and whether that's because he couldn't stop them or whether he allowed them to stop them, I don't know. I guess I just would just like to shake in the air a little bit that idea that God can God can always do whatever he wants. Yeah. Because we can I mean there's in the scriptures we can frustrate the will of God. Yeah. Um we can do things that God doesn't want us to do. And somehow he's able to sort of weave it all back into yeah. what he wants. But there is this sense that we have real power. We yeah,
1: yeah. We absolutely have real power, I believe that at the core of my being yeah. like we We have a certain amount of autonomy, we have responsibility it 's I go often to the parable of the talents like we 've been given some stuff and we can do with it what we want, and there 's real consequences to mm. to what we do with it so so that's part of it but what I think the scriptures do we are going to talk about one case in particular but what I think is quite important is we have various reasons for suffering there's probably half a dozen that we've missed mm. what we cannot do is point to a particular person's suffering and and draw a straight line and say they are suffering for this reason mm. I think the only time that happens that I can think of in the scriptures is John 11 where mm. Jesus says, this guy died so that the glory of God would be displayed in him. And even that's not like an intellectually satisfying answer, really. Um, Councils against us drawing straight lines, they're suffering because they sinned, or they're suffering Mm. because of their lack of faith, or they're suffering because that person did that to them. Mm. Um, It's it's very rare that we can draw straight lines, Mm. and that's why the pastoral response is to get alongside people in their suffering, Mm. rather than try and explain it away. Um, but you were chatting
0: to me earlier, mate, saying you think John Eleven's quite a helpful Yeah, way. well, it's the story of Lazarus, and if you're not familiar with it, do go and read it. I've been reading it quite a lot recently, because interestingly, we got this email, um, but probably at least two other people just in normal life, I think they were either at work or friends I know, have asked me a similar question about suffering recently. And so I just felt like I should read John 11, which is the story of Lazarus. Lazarus, Jesus, really loved Lazarus, one of Jesus' best friends. Um, He dies, but before that he's ill. And uh, Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, send Jesus a message saying, Lazarus is ill, come quick, come. Well, they say quick, but they say come. Come and, um, you know, make him well again. And basically Jesus delays and so by the time he turns up Lazarus is dead and he's been in the tomb for four days and there's all these mourners and people there weeping and, and he has this conversation with Martha and then he has this conversation with Mary and the shortest verse in the Bible is there which just says Jesus wept which is an interesting verse considering he must have thought he knew what was going to happen he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead and yet he was still moved by the suffering, by the situation. And then, of course, he, he you know, does raise Jesus, Lazarus from the dead and he shows he's got power over death. And so you've got these three things that when suffering is going on in this particular context for Lazarus and his family, Jesus delayed and he allowed the suffering to continue. He was emotionally moved to the core of his being, really, by the sadness of the situation. But he had an answer for it and he was going to put it right in the end so although there was sadness and confusion about why jesus wasn't interacting in this putting this thing right jesus was emotionally moved by it but in the end jesus put it right and i just think that's quite a helpful framework for trying to understand suffering i mean i think of going you know let's go back to um for me when my brother died when my brother was ill i mean goodness me watching him suffer for two years in hospital essentially intensive care uh, un- not moving for you know six months at that time, and then just seeing him um, in rehabilitation, sort of learning to use his muscles again and and having a tracheotomy and in in his neck, and a whole range of horrible things, really, and watching that like I think those those three things thinking well, and then he died, of course, and that was dreadful as well and just and then after that, all the grief and everything, goodness me, whole layers and layers of stuff there but thinking, well, you know, God didn't answer our prayers. Same as Mary and Martha, he let the situation die. I'm confused by that, I don't understand it, but for some reason I feel comforted by the fact that I see it in the scriptures, that it does happen, you know, Jesus does delay, sometimes Jesus says no. But Jesus is moved by it emotionally, and he's not sort of just... Cold and outside of the situation. Again, it comforts me to know that Jesus, when we were so, when we were really struggling and sad, I, I believe Jesus' response to us then was one of being moved, being moved by it. And then, thirdly, that promise that Jesus will eventually put all things right, and it's in His hands. And you know, my brother Mark, you know, I believe he's he's with God, that he's not suffering anymore, that he is well, and that when jesus returns he's he's going to be there you know and it's going to be he's going to be all, all things new he's not going to be disabled anymore he's not going to have that hole in his neck with the tracheotomy anymore mm. or you know if he does it's not a problem like do you know what i mean there's going to be a restoration of something that's utterly awful but jesus is going to make it new and that again kind of gives me hope and is able to sort of work through these things now a discussion i was having with someone recently we ended up talking about suffering and i think i i said to them I from my opinion the Christian view the Christian worldview, is is the best thing we have to process suffering yeah because of those, maybe of those things are already outlined but we have a God who is not absent from suffering we have a crucified God yeah Jesus the son of God suffered rejected by his friends tortured yeah killed naked you know on a cross spat at rejected reviled yeah you know, goodness, Jesus suffered. Yeah. And I don't, they're not really any, other, none of the major religions say that about the God or gods that they have. None of the other religious leaders um, or an atheism, you know, all these different sort of philosophies and worldviews. I'm not sure any of them are as well equipped to deal with this question of suffering as Christianity is. At its heart, we have this idea that we are worshipping and, and, and have, have a friendship with a God who has suffered. And when you sit down to talk to someone who has suffered, and they might say something like, I, I, and you know they know how you feel. Yeah. And that makes all the difference. Absolutely. To sort of sitting down with someone who hasn't got a clue what it feels like to go through yeah. suffering. When you sit down with someone who has, you know it makes all the difference to you, that they are really listening to you and they know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And that is what we've got in God. So we yeah. do know a God who is in heaven, aloof to our suffering. We have a God who voluntarily chose to come and suffer. And so when this question of suffering arises, I feel comforted by God because I think I, I know, he knows how I feel. Yeah, I and I, I, know I don't it. think there's any other philosophy or idea that equips us to deal with suffering. He's there, in the, he's, there when it's, he's there in the crying. He's there in the This is utterly awful and confusing. And he is there to say, I make all things new. Do not despair. There is coming a day when all things will be made new. And that, for me, personally, helped me, changed me, gave me hope, helped me keep living and thriving in the midst of uh, these things. Yeah. Shall we leave it there? Okay, we'll see you next week.